All right, while they're getting everything in place, I wanted to let you guys know um, one thing. We're in the middle of Lent right now, and in your uh, program, you can see there's a, we have a God time study guide that we have put online right now that you can go to and you can hear all about the Lent series. Just ignore the prop coming out to my left. I know you all see what in the world is that. Uh, we're going to have some fun today. But our, our, during the Lent season, if you don't know what Lent is, online we have some resources for you that help you kind of understand what Lent is. It's an old practice of the church that is really making a comeback. And we, it's the 40 days leading up to Easter. And it's a time of preparation that has been going on for centuries, literally thousands of years the church has been doing this. And every Wednesday night, we did it this past Wednesday, we have open prayer time, and every Wednesday from 7 to 8, you can come right here in the main auditorium. We have live worship. You can come with your family. You can come by yourself, um, and the auditorium is just open for you to come and to pray, to connect with God. You can stay as long as you want. You can stay from 7 to 8, or you can stay for 10 minutes. People came uh, last week, and they came for a few minutes. Some stayed the entire time. It's completely up to you, but I want to encourage you to take time for that because life is not going to slow down. And life is not going to say, hey, you know what, let me just stop a little bit so you can focus on Jesus. Life doesn't do that. And so this is a way for us to help you to carve that out. So I encourage you to be here on Wednesday nights um, for that. Well, we are uh, continuing our series called Relasting Ships. And we actually, this isn't the final week of the series. We actually have um, another week, is uh, two more weeks as well. We're going to do men's weekend next weekend and then ladies weekend after that. So there's still two more weeks to go in the series, but we have a website that we, we've been doing. Yeah, we have a website called relastingships.com. This is really neat. There's two videos up so far. Um, week one, we answered some questions about marriage. Last week, we answered some pretty difficult questions about marriage. But go on to relastingships.com. You can look on the, uh, your card. Some of, some of the cards are kind of scattered around. Relastingships.com. And, and submit your question. This is uh, anonymous, so you can ask anything. It's a great way to really get the answers that may be a little bit more delicate and that you don't want to ask anyone else? Yeah, we, we did a marriage last week. That video is online. And then parenting is this Tuesday. We'll be answering questions specifically about parenting. And if you put a question in, every question is anonymous, so we don't mention your name on the video. But every person who submits a question, you are going to be in a drawing for Dinner for Two at Logan's uh, Roadhouse. So that, that'll be cool as well. So let's get into the Word. If you have a Bible, let's go to the book of Ephesians. Uh, the book of Ephesians is in the New Testament. If you're brand new to church and you've never been in church before or this is your first time back in a long time and you don't have a Bible, we would love to put one in your hands. Uh, we give them away. They're free. We'll have it right up here at the front of the, of the auditorium at the end of the service. Or you can go back to the Next Steps room and we'll get you one there. If you have a mobile device and you don't have a Bible on your mobile device, go to corechurch.com. You can download a Bible there. And we read out of the New Living Translation, so if you're following along. And Ephesians, which is one of the smaller books in the New Testament near the end of the Bible, this is written by a guy named Paul. We talked a little bit about him last week. This is a guy who came to faith in Jesus later in life. He was not one of Jesus' disciples. He was actually a persecutor of the church. God converted him, and then he went on to become the very first church planter. He started churches like we started this church. He started churches just like this thousands of years ago. And this is a letter he wrote to one of those churches, which was in a place called Ephesus. So if you have a Bible, Ephesians chapter 6 and verses 1 through 4, let's stand as we uh, read this morning. 
Paul says this, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Let's pray. God, in this moment, we just stop to ask your Holy Spirit to come and to speak to each one of us. Now, church, I want to ask you to pray for the people around you. Again, you don't have to do that out loud, uh, but who do you know that's standing around you? Who do you not know? Let's pray for one another right now that we can be open and, and hear what God wants to speak to us and all distractions we've put aside. And, and pray for your own spirit and your own soul that, man, God, help me to, to hear what you want to say to me today. And I would appreciate your prayers for Laura and I as we co-teach together. And we ask that your Holy Spirit would have your way in this time that we have. In Jesus' name, we pray. And the church said, amen. amen. You may be seated. Well, Laura and I are going to be co-teaching again this week. If you missed marriage last week, go online. That podcast is available for you. That was how, a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. It was good. How, how many of you are parents? Raise your hand. Parents in the house. All right. How many of you um, have adult children? They're gone. They're gone? Wow, good percentage of you. Okay, all right. Wow. Well, our people are in here. Yeah, we, uh, we live in both worlds. We have four kids. Yeah, two, two, two grandbabies. Two grandbabies and, and two. One daughter-in-law. Yeah, we have a lot. There's just a lot to keep up with. We have we have uh, two adult children already moved out of the house, and then we have Jeremiah and Sky, who are uh, teenagers. Jer's going to be jumping out here yeah. in just a matter of time. Our oldest son is actually in two weeks going to be turning 31. Does that make us old or what? Yes. <laughs> I was feeling really Threw good. Threw that until one you in there. Sorry. So parent parenting. Here's the thing: if you have adult children, you know this. But you really don't know this until you have adult children. So if you don't have adult children, you need to know this. Parenting is a process of letting go. And, and you are, you're letting go from the very, very beginning. Well, and I think women, we really can, we know this best, right, ladies? Because we carry those babies in our womb. And really, it's from the very beginning when they first cut that umbilical cord from you. That's the first letting go process, right? And then you hold that baby in your arms, you know, and it's so wonderful. But then that baby gets too heavy for you to carry, and so you're like, you've got to let it go. You've got to let it down. And so it begins to walk, okay? And then you hold its hand, you know, and it's great. But then you realize it's walking a lot faster than you are, and you need to let it go. And so you start to point, okay? You point and show them the way, right, just like this. And then from there, they're walking so fast, and they're running so fast that you begin to see that they're growing, and they're getting further away from you. And then it's time to say goodbye, and you just wave, see ya! <laughs> Said the mother of four right there. I want you to know that I'm like, see you later. Dad's going to miss you. I, I want, <laughs> that's, what you, that's a whole other message. You, that's the uncurrent version. If they don't let go, you, you can let them go. 
in Jesus' name. All right, so um, you see this. I want you to think of parenting like, I think a great way to think of parenting is like, is like um, skiing, like water skiing. And, and the, there's two basic stages that, that we're in, okay? The first one is what I call the tubing stage. Now, the tubing stage is when it's pre-adolescence. So it's the baby years, the toddler years, preschool, and elementary years. And when you, when you have them, and every parent at um, childbirth is issued one of these, it's a rope. And everybody gets a rope. And the idea is, is that you have this. Almost got a tie out of that. So the idea is, is that you have one end of the rope, and your child has the other end of the rope. Now, when they're little, when they're tiny and they're in elementary school, you will put them in a protected place as you should. You keep them up really close to the boat because you want to watch over them, you want to care for them. But as they get a little bit older and they get into the elementary years, you got to let out a little bit of the rope and you got to let them get out a little bit from the boat because they want to get out from the boat. But then they go from pre-adolescence to the adolescent stage and they go to what I would call the kneeboard stage. Now, the kneeboard stage is a stage where they decide that they don't want to be in the tube anymore, and they want to get out really far. In fact, they want to not stay inside the wake. They want to start going outside the wake, right? Mm -hmm. That's the teenage years. This is hard because when those years come on, the, te the tension is to bring the rope in a little bit closer, but that's the worst thing you can do. What you've got to start doing is you've got to let out a little bit more rope with them when they're in the kneeboard stage. And I love it being called the kneeboard stage because this is where parents spend most of their time. Because <laughs> those kids are going crazy. On. Exploring, experiencing. But there's this tension. And you know what's hard about it is it's hard to know what is the right tension and how much rope to let out. Because here's what happens is if you if – you, keep too much tension on it, you keep it too tight, they end up face planning. Right, right. And that's a problem when you got too much tension on the rope. But, but, but if you let out too much slack in the rope, then they're, they're going to sink. So how do we keep the right tension in the rope? I think one thing is knowing that tension in parenting, that's what, that's what parenting is, okay? Parenting is tension. I wish someone would have said that to us early on because when I felt that tension, it made me uncomfortable. It made me feel like, am I doing the right thing? I'm not sure. And it, ha it brought a lot of questions. But parenting is all about being comfortable with tension and being okay with it. Yeah, that's the thing. We see tension and we don't want it, okay? And no. so here's what parents, this is the worst thing you can do in parenting is you feel that tension that you have in parenting. And in that moment, what you want to do is you want to throw up your hands. Mm -hmm. And let go of the rope. Say, forget this. Good luck to you. Doesn't I don't care if they're a toddler yeah. or they're Every a teenager. Every stage, yeah. Every stage. There's a moment where you just want to let go of the rope. Because you're getting tired and it's hard. Each stage is hard, right? Each stage has its own, like, difficulties. If, we, if I, have, I have older kids, I say, oh, babies are so cute. But those mothers with babies are struggling because there's something about that stage that's hard and difficult. So here's what we want to kind of camp on for a few minutes. And if you hear nothing else, parents, that we say, this has helped Laura and I tremendously in over 30 years of, of parenting for kids. And I'd like for you to, to write this down and hang on to this. And this is simple, 
don't let go of the rope. Don't let go of the rope. Can we say this together? Don't Don't let let go go of of the the rope. rope. Well, and Paul, that wrote this letter uh, to the Ephesus church, he really has some good advice, and that's what we want to do right now. We want to look at Ephesians 6, 1. Everybody look at that. It says, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. <laughs> this, is where, this is where you parents are like, yes, now we're getting to the good stuff. Come on, preach it, sister. Yeah, you tell them right now. Mm-hmm. I hope they're listening right now. So every, every parent of a teenager is saying that right now, but but. If you're a teenager here in the house today, we're not going to leave you hanging because parents, we, we also have a, a responsibility. Yes. In verse 4 it says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you um, treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. So, so parenting boils down to really two Simple things. Paul says it right here. He uses this word discipline, and I, I would use the word rules. It comes down to discipline, rules, and it also comes down to instruction, which is what I call relationship. It's rules and it's relationship, and there's a tension in that. Well, and really there's three ways that we parent our children. We break it down into three different ways. Yeah, the first two are not ones that I recommend, okay? So I'd like for you to write these down. These are important. These are handles. We're going to go through these pretty quickly, so you're going to want to write them down. This is parenting gold right here. If you're sitting next to your parents, say, would you please write this down, okay? So, (laughs) and we'll put it on the screen. This is how good this is. I want it on the screen because you want this, okay? So here's the first way that some parents... Uh, will will parent their child, okay? Rules without relationship. Rules without relationship. Here's the problem with that. Rules without relationship equals rebellion. Yep, yep. They're going to rebel on you. Yeah, because there's no slack in that rope. Have you ever been around someone that is all about rules? I mean, sometimes they even have them posted. That's classic, right? They always have, this is all the rules that we cover. So there's, there's just not a lot of give in that relationship. Yeah, this is where, like, you, you're con- they never get out of this stage. It doesn't matter how old they are. And you never, you, the detention is always like this. It's this close. You've yeah. always got them. The, you know what the word is? You may have heard this phrase before. They're called helicopter parents. <laughs> Everywhere that child is, there the parent is. Now, when I say that, every teenager who is represented here right now goes, that's my parent right there. That's who they are. <laughs> they're just into all my junk all the time. No, no, they're not. That's you just, just part of being a teenager. <laughs> and, and you just don't like rules. That's what you're, you're dealing with there. Okay, so that's, that's the first mm-hmm. one is that you're too controlling and, and you don't let any slack out. Well, here, here's the second one that we don't recommend, and, and it's this, relationship without rules. Relationship without rules, and here's why. Relationship without rules equals recklessness. Well, and really that comes because that is usually because the children are running the house. The children are running the events. The children are, they're running the boat. They're, they're the ones. And so there's this feeling, and, and what I think is important, too, for people to think through is that that does not bring a lot of security to a child or a teenager. Even though you think, they're like, woohoo, 
It doesn't. It actually makes them feel insecure. If you wonder if you're this kind of parent, this is the this is the parenting. This is the parent who has way too much slack in in the rope. And honestly, as sometimes they don't even have a rope. They've got the kid in the boat, and the kid's driving the boat. Okay, we've all been at the restaurant with this family, have we not? Yeah. We're like, really, somebody needs to do something. Okay, with that with that child because that child is running the family. Where they're yeah. trying, you, you want to be your child's BFF, right? You know, you want to be the cool parent. You're not get all, you are not cool, okay? <laughs> if you're listen, turn to somebody next to you and say, if you're a parent, say, I'm not cool anymore. You just turned in your cool badge when you became a parent. Well, you're, and Brad and I several years ago got some really great advice from a lady. She said, if you're not if your kids are not mad at you or your teenagers are not mad at you at least once a week you're trying to be their friend and that was really helpful for me I was like I thought that was gold and I've held on to that for a long time listen think about okay parents even even uh, any children or students that are in here right now think about this have my have my parents been mad at me this week have I been mad at my kids this week (laughs) if the answer is yes then then uh, you're doing pretty good now, if they're, listen, here's the other opposite of this, though. If there's nothing but tension and anger at each other all the time, then there might be all rules and no relationships. So this is where we've got to get to. Here's where we want to get to, okay? Write this down. Rules with relationship. Rules with relationship. Because here's what happens. When you have rules with relationship, that equals respect. Which Paul, Paul uses the word honor. It's, it's where not only do the children honor and respect the parent, but the parent is respecting the child. And I think that as parents, that's what we desire, right? We want to be respected. We want to be honored. But also knowing that your child or your teenager or even a young uh, 20-something is not going to respect you and honor you like in ways that maybe you think they should. But it's the little things that you want to look for there. Um, I think sometimes it's just the looks. And I, I think that sometimes we look at our kids and we're like, well, we want them to honor us, you know. But they're going to do it in different ways because they're so close to you. Their bond and their emotional tie is so close to you. It's going to look different. I've always told my kids, I like, especially when they're teenagers, I'm like, you can think it all day. You just best not say it. That's, that's how this <laughs> is going to roll in this house. I've been on your side, and the best thing you can do is just not say it, okay. So we're cool as long as you, you don't say it. Now, one thing I want to mention real quickly here is this is a principle. Okay, all of us have a sin nature. All of us can walk away and wound people. We can wound our children. Our children yeah. can wound us. And, and this is not a guarantee. Hey, if I yeah. do this, it's not a guarantee that that's going to happen, but it's a principle we live by. So we want to break these two down here. Let's start yeah. first with rules. Paul uses the word here of discipline. discipline. Mm-hmm. But discipline isn't just uh, spanking or timeout. Right. We're talking about structure and we're talking about responsibility. Responsibility is so important in the home because when kids have a chore to do, that helps them to be connected with the environment. With They feel like they're a part of the unit. But when you allow them not to do the chores and not to be busy with the home life and being a part of it, what you're doing is you're kind of moving them away from that. They need that interaction to be doing and helping around the house. 
And also the structure, we know the structure is right. All you have to do is have a baby for one day and not put it down for nap and not put it down for bedtime. And you have got a mess on your hands. But we all need that structure. And it starts early. you you got to start. Listen, how they act at 3 is how they're going to act at 13, but you ain't going to be able to control them anymore. And it's going to be a whole it, it, lot it, more embarrassing, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And, and this is the thing about parenting. Parenting, come on, parents. Parenting is nonstop oh judgment call. Yeah. Like decision after decision after decision for 18 years straight, right? It, I mean, it's just, and let's be honest, it's your best guess, isn't it? Right, right, yeah. It's your best guess. How about this? What time to go to bed, okay? Um, do they have a phone or do they not have a phone? How many minutes do they have? What app can they have? Can they not have that app? Do they get their phone overnight? Do they not get their phone overnight? Do they watch TV or how much TV do they watch? Or can they, they watch, watch a movie? this show? Can they watch that show? <laughs> can they go to that person's house, not go to that yeah, person's what, house? What, which friends do we say no to? Which friends do we say yes to? Not do that really we've, know. Not that we've experienced any of that. We've just <laughs> I'm heard, stressed now. We've heard, heard this. The stories of that. Listen, but when you listen, when you establish rules, guess what? When you establish rules, what's going to happen is tension. Yeah, yeah. Tension is going to happen. In and your coming parenting. back to being okay within the tension. Okay, everybody, roll your shoulders a little bit. Roll your shoulders a little bit. Just being okay with the tension. It's gonna be okay. Yeah, ten tension Woo. is. Good. It's it's okay to have that now. When it when it comes to rules, none of us are perfect. Yeah. Okay. Every parent struggles with this. You feel incompetent. You feel like you're not doing a good job. You feel like everybody is a better parent, parent yeah. than than you are. I feel that way as a dad. I see some of you as dads, and I go, I suck. Because I look at you and I see how great you're doing. Well, well, and we don't see each other, like, in the home, right? If we had, like, a video cam, we could see, like, actually what was happening. You're like, whoa, okay, our family life isn't that bad, right? But, like, I mean, we see each other on a Sunday morning and everything looks great. Or you see each other at the grocery store. And I've seen moms and they look so, you know, just like, oh, I'm just chill with it. And I'm thinking, I am not chill with it. I'm not chill with it. <laughs> this I'm is the thing we know. We listen. Our we could bring every one of our kids up here, and they could testify to our parenting yeah. errors and, and mistakes. I, and don't please do not encourage them to get up here because they would love to run up here and tell everything that mom has done wrong and just like. But you know, it. it we all make mistakes, and um, you know, I was thinking about. Uh, when my kids were a little younger and I was stressed in the car and we were going somewhere and I don't even remember what was going on, but I had had it. And I just let it rip. And I was just like, rah, rah. And then all of a sudden I was like, this kind of feels good. Okay. Like, yeah. And then my son was like, Mom, I don't understand. You said we can't yell. We can't raise our voice to you, but you can do that with us. And I was like, dang it. He's no, running. you were. You were more like, that's right, shut up right now. Well, actually, we don't say shut up, but I have one of my kids that has pushed me to the limit. And I say, shut up. Just in technically shut up. So I've gone he, over. So they will say it back. They'll be like, shut up. And they're like, and Laura's like, what? And I didn't say shut up. 
And, and I mean, it's just. Well, I, mean, I think you've got have, you've got an example about you and the kids and how far you get pushed. I don't, I don't understand this about myself. I mean, I just don't. I've had four kids, and you would think, here's the thing I thought. I'll have four kids. Surely I'll figure this thing out. <laughs> It'll get better. Those of you that don't, that don't even have kids or you only got one, listen, keep it simple. Yeah. Keep it on the down low. Only jack up one of them. <laughs> you don't need to mess more people up. <laughs> Every one of them, I think I'm going to figure it out. And, and here's the thing, I, uh, we, in our home, if you haven't figured it out, we, um, some people would call it yelling. We call it passionate. Yes, yes, um, yeah. We are passionate. And, well, uh, we also call it clarifying. Clarifying. We want to clarify. Clarifying. But I, I'm just being honest. Like, there have been times I have, I have just come up out. I, I'm like, my kids, they know it. They see it. I'm just, like, coming up out of my chair, and they're like, oh, Jesus, help me now. Oh, Lord Jesus. Jesus, take the wheel. Oh, Jesus, Dad. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good. And I'm just, I'm like, oh, no, you have crossed the threshold. And, I mean, I just explode. And, I mean, I'm just up in their grill. I'm not kidding. Up in their grill just going to town. And in my mind, I'm thinking, reel it back, reel it back. And then but all do of a you sudden, stop? No. This, this is true. This is good preaching right here. So then all of a sudden, out of nowhere from the, from the bellows of my, the pit of hell comes a word out of my mouth that I thought I sh- would never say. Shouldn't have said. I'm just going to tell you this. You, don't quote me on this, but you haven't parented until you've at least cussed at one of your kids. And so, That's right. That's right. There's a gold bronze badge for you. It's getting real up in here. (laughs) And they just look at me like, oh, he just said it, but I'm not going to say anything about what he just said. (laughs) I'm like, that's the only way I know how to describe you right now. (laughs) I've actually said that. That's tension gone bad. Yeah. but 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 let's be real here though. I want I would do want to say this is I've I've had to come back around at those times and even though my child was at that point not doing something that was right, I've had to come back around. Every one of my kids can testify to this. Is I'll come back around. I'll go sit on their bed or I'll go talk to them privately and I'll say, man, I screwed up. You know. I don't, I don't like that decision you made or what you did and how you handled that, but you know what? I, I have no right to talk to you that way, and I have no right to treat you that way, and how do I, can I expect my son or my daughter to honor me if I'm not going to honor them? And I've had to humble myself with each one of my children, circle around and, and say, I'm really sorry, and eating crow. I need to change, and that's not right. And sometimes as parents, sometimes one of the best things we can do is say, that we're sorry, which really gets us into, let's talk about relationships. Yeah, uh, Paul uses the word instruction. You know, the thing about instruction is that you are your child's guide. No one's going to guide your kids like you would or like Brad would guide our kids. No one's going to guide them like that. And, and it doesn't happen like, it doesn't just happen. It takes intentionality. It takes time. And it's hard, right? Because we're all busy and we all have so many other things to focus on. And everything else looks like it has to get done. But there sets your child needing time, needing attention. Here's what you need to know. You are set up by God to be their guide. And if you don't guide them, somebody else will. And you got to look at it, and you got to take the hard look at it, and you got to say, you know yeah. what? I may not have the time. I'm busy. I'm tired. Welcome to parenting. 
Welcome to the next 18 years of your life. And that's why you have to combine time with intentionality. And that's one thing we've had to really fight for is being intentional of building relationships with our kids. Right. And, you know, one thing that I've noticed, too, in talking to different moms and dads is you get kind of like, you know, sometimes you read books, which books are amazing. But you read a book and say, that lady sews. So I think i got to sew with my daughter. I can't sew, and I can't handle that. I can't handle all that details. So I'm going to mess it all up, and it's going to be horrible, right? Or I've got to take her to skating because that's the most important thing in the whole world. Or, or as a dad, I see the videos of the father-son out fishing at the lake, and I'm like, man, I just stink. We're ne- we've never been fishing. I'm a terrible dad. Yeah, you have these pictures in your mind, right? That you're like, oh, well, that, when I do that, I'm, I'm the parent. Woo-hoo. But it's about being you. God gave you that child, and he knows your personality, knows your gifting set. And I just have always cooked. We've, I come from a long line of cooks. My family, we all cook. We get together, we cook. And so I cook, and my kids get in the kitchen, and we eat together. So we eat dinner. Um, that's evolved over time. It's not always looks like super-duper, you know, laid-out classic, you know, Norman Rockwell. But sometimes it has, and that's been fun. But other times it's just been, you know, everybody grab something, let's put this together. But it's been a bonding time, our yeah. dinner. Yeah, you got to find uh, what works for your family in the season that it works in. Uh, we used to eat dinner around the table every night of the week, and now we're down to one night a week just because of the season that we're in and because of the availability of our children and what's happening. And, and you got to find out what they like. Yeah. But you also need to figure out, you know, what is a common ground of something you like and maybe they like. In our home, one of the things for me as a dad, I'm not a hunt, I, we don't hunt, we don't fish in our home. We just don't. But, but I play basketball, and my boys have always loved basketball. And so we've connected that way. But I've had to be intentional. And I, I want to mention this. Like, I've come home at night, and I'm driving up in the driveway, and I remember vividly each one of my boys during their elementary years were always outside shooting on the hoop. We always had a basketball goal in the front of our house. And I'd pull up, and I was exhausted. I was so tired. All I wanted to do was go in and sit down and just chill. But I, but I knew when I, if I went inside the house, I would not come back out. And so I developed this habit where when I was pulling down the street, I just said a simple prayer. God, help me to love my wife and help me to love my kids the way you want me to. And I pray that simple prayer. And I pull up in the driveway, and I try to be intentional so I would would get out no matter what I was wearing, the clothes, whether it was a nice outfit or I was wearing shorts, and I would go over to the basketball hoop and I would shoot with my boys as often as I possibly could. It takes time and it takes intentionality. And I, I think, Brad, you even helped me when you were saying that. Uh, we were been talking about that is praying before we're tired, right? Is anybody tired in here? Like, we need to pray. God, help us in our marriages, our family, our relationships, our kids. Give me that that I need. The, also, the other thing is I want to encourage you guys to be creative in what God has given you and look for what your kids are interested in and, and study that. Like, what do you see them? Like, you may think that they like this one thing, but if you really watch it, it's not that part of what they're doing. I know when our son was little, he was, he was just barely walking. We had given him this kazoo, and he would go around. We need to clarify. It's shame. You're it's talking Shane. about Shane. Yeah, Shane. Yeah. And he was our little Herkimer. And we, we couldn't find him a lot of times because he was so busy. And, I mean, he just he would be move quickly and quietly, but he had a kazoo. So we could hear him. He'd go, it was so cute. Oh, my gosh. So, but when he got a little older, we were like, hey, buddy, um, you know, 
we live in Oklahoma, and we like football. So I think you need to play football when you got a little older, right? So kind of put down your kazoo and let's do some football. So did that for a long time and loved it. And then he got older and he came to me and I was like, hey, buddy, high school football, here we go. He's like, no, nah, I'm not, I don't want to play. I'm like, what? Mom likes football. And I'm like, that's where you like bite your jaw so hard it bleeds, you know, because you're trying not to mess your kid up. And you're like, oh, man, I don't really want to play football. And plus, he's a boy. You need to keep him busy. Um, so I was like, this is so good for you for so many reasons. And okay. So he let go of that football, walked into church one day, and the drum, drummer didn't show up that day. He got on the drums, and I mean, the rest was just amazing. Three years at Connection Church playing the drums was amazing. God gifted him with an amazing, like, play-by-ear. I mean, the sounds that came out of that boy. And I was like, I would have never saw that had I not studied my kid, listened to my kid, and put my own feelings. There's not always a lot, but football's one of those things I'm like, I don't really want my kids to play football. But I'm well, giving it, it up. Well, that's a big thing in Oklahoma. There's these preconceived ideas. You're, if you have a son, he's got to play football, he's got to hunt, and he's got to fish. And if you have a daughter, she needs to play football and hunt and fish. And so <laughs> that's how we roll. And cheer. Yeah. Um, but let's, um, we just got a couple minutes here, and I think this is so important. So there's this tension I know that we're all feeling right now. How do I work these rules out in the relationship? How do I get all this balanced out? And I love what Paul does. Paul says just having the rules in the relationship isn't enough. If you go back to verse 4, we're not going to put it on the screen, but in verse 4, he says, bring them up with the discipline and instruction, and this is the key, that comes from the Lord. Mm, yeah. That comes from the Lord. For, for over 30 years of parenting, whether we were in ministry full-time or not in ministry full-time, we have strived to build our house in the house. In other words, we've tried to build our house in the house of God, in the local church, surrounded by the local church. Well, and that's why at Core Church, we believe that children and youth are important and that the things that we teach and we really put into them last forever. And so we don't take that lightly. In kids' ministry, if you miss a week because you're in kids, Brad and I were in kids for years, and Brad was the uh, children's pastor. I learned, you know what's funny about that? You know, sometimes they say, well, you know, i got to get in here to the big service, right? Because that's where I learned. I learned so many truths in the back, in back with the kids, watching them, learning, thinking through the scriptures. It was amazing what God taught me through kids and through youth ministry. And just being surrounded by other parents that love Jesus like I love Jesus, and I get in small groups with them, and I start talking, and they start telling me their struggles, and I learn, they learn my struggles, and I learn what works for them, what doesn't work for them. But, but here's, here's the thing. The local church is intended to partner with you. The word there is partner with you. The primary responsibility, parents do not miss this. The primary responsibility of raising a child to know Jesus belongs to us as a mom and as a dad. I, I want you to think of it this way. Imagine tomorrow your kids are all going to go to school, okay, and they're going to go to school all week. I want you to imagine this. Imagine if you decided tomorrow morning I'm going to put my kid in school one hour every other week. And I'm going to do that for the next 18 years. And they're going to get really educated. One hour 
every other week. But that's... All the teachers in here are, are cringing. That's like, what we do, though, when it comes to our children's spiritual development, is we can hand it off to the church mm-hmm. when really it's ours. So the question we have to ask here is, this is a question Laura and I have really tried to use in our parenting, is Jesus a stranger, a guest, or a family member? Well, and I think by incorporating prayer and the word into your home in simplicity. I know Brad talked about one verse a day, one minute a day of prayer. Start small. You don't have to have all these like big, thick Bible studies, like devotion books, all that. Start small. Start somewhere. This is the thing. Nobody's going to do Bible study and prayer with your kids like you will. Nobody's going to do it. Nobody's thinking about it. Nobody's thinking, oh, I need to be doing that with my kids. Nobody is going to do that for your children. And that's why God has given them you as the parent to come alongside and equip them. That's what you're really doing. You're undergirding them because what's going to happen is they're going to grow up and they're going to get older and they're going to need something to stand on. Brad and I have talked about we love sports. We love activities. We love the academics and all that that comes with it. But do you know where all that is for our older kids that are grown? It's in our attic in a Rubbermaid tub. And they don't want it. They don't want the trophies. They don't want the T-shirts. They don't want the uniforms that I've kept. But what is there with them every day is that we loved them, we cared for them, and we talked to them about Jesus like and told him he is right here, he is in you, he is right here, and whatever you need, you need to press in and ask for, and you need to live your life out for Jesus to see him become real here on earth. What, what I would just say just simply as we close, you just have to be, what, what am I teaching my child to value? What am I teaching my child that's, that's important? Um, am I saying to my child, sports, that's the most important thing you can do with your life? If all you've got your kid, listen, sports has been a major, major integral part. We've been on traveling teams. We've done all that stuff. But you got to take a hard look at that and say, am I teaching my kid by them being on the practice field six days a week and traveling every other weekend? What am I saying? Am I saying this is the most important thing for them? Or is it their grades? Are you saying their grades, the academics, this is the most important thing? See, when you, when you take the word of God in prayer and it's non-existent in your home, basically what you're saying to your kid is, that's eh, not that big a deal. God's not that important. Now, you, you can pick him up kind of anywhere. We'll, we'll end up at church at some point. You kind of pick up a little bit of Jesus. The most important thing we have and the greatest responsibility we have as parents is to raise our children to know and to follow Jesus. Now, for some of you, that's, this is hard because just, I'll just be transparent. Laura and I, for 31 years now of parenting, I can't think of hardly a day that's gone by that we haven't talked about Jesus. We haven't had a time every time, whether it's in the morning or at night, praying with our kids and reading the word over them. We feel it's the most important thing we give to our kids. We've done that consistently for over 30 years. And I look back and it's the proudest thing I've ever done is giving my kids Jesus. But for some of you today, you, you, you dropped a rope. Or maybe spiritually you've, you've never picked up the rope. 
just never picked it up. And you just, and right now the enemy is just saying, you, you stink as a parent. You know what makes you stink as a parent? You know what makes you a bad parent? Is if you walk away from it. That's what makes you a bad parent. What makes you a great parent is when you circle the boat back around and you say, all right, I serve the God of the resurrection, the God of second chances, the God who gives me the do-over, and I'm going to pick up the rope in my home, and I'm not going to let go of it. And I'm going to be there for my kid all the way, never letting go of the rope. Would you bow your heads? I want to pray for you. So what's your next step as a parent? What's your next step? Maybe you've made some mistakes. I just want to encourage you right now to confess that to God right now. Wherever your deficiency is, and say, God, help me to pick that rope back up. Help me to pick it up. Help me to change. Give me the course correction that I need. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd empower parents now, that you would be the lifter of their head. You'd let them know, hey, you, you can be a great parent. Show them, God, these, show some parents where they're winning. Show them where they're winning. Bring about reconciliation with children and with parents that needs to happen. For some of us, we need to go to our parents who are older. Some of us, we need to go to our kids. Give us that opportunity for reconciliation. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to encourage you. Grab a hold of the rope of Jesus. It starts right there, a relationship with Jesus Christ. You need a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus here in a moment, I want to give you that opportunity to pray and to confess and say, God, I, I messed up. I made some mistakes, but I'm going to come to you. I won't embarrass you. I won't make you get out of your seat. I'd like every head to be bowed. And if you're here today and you say, I, I, I need Jesus. Maybe you've been away from him for a long time and you want to come back to him. But I, I, need, to, I need Jesus in my life. Would you just raise your hand? I, I need to make a commitment to follow Jesus today. Nobody looking around, but this today, you say, hey, I'm making a commitment to follow him for the very first time. Or maybe you're saying, I've been away from him for a long time. I need to come back to him. Anybody today, you say, just put your hand up and let me pray for you today. Father, thank you for this time we have in your house to seek your face. Thank you for speaking over us today giving us hope. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.